0: Welcome. We're so glad that you have joined us here online with Grace Church. Well, it seems like so long ago that we celebrated New Year's Eve and the arrival of 2020. Do you remember your New Year's resolution or thinking about this new year? And how you would have 2020 vision, you would set those goals. Well, it seems like those goals have changed immensely since the beginning of this year, and we begin to wonder what kind of goals should we have. But the truth is that God's plans for us, the goals that he has set for us in Jesus Christ, they have not changed. 2020, in many ways, has become a reset year when we've been able to take a step back and look deeply at our lives. We are reminded that we are pressing on in Jesus Christ as we follow him, and so we need to stop. And take a look at where we start, who we are, and how we follow him. And so we welcome you as we begin this series, Pressing On. Please join us as we worship this day. Please join in the call to worship. Gather us in. The lost and the lonely, the broken and breaking, the tired and the aching.
1: Gather Gather us in. in.
0: The done and the doubting, the wishing and wondering, the puzzled and pondering, who long for company. Gather Gather us in. in. To be found in you as we lift your name on high.
2: Gather Gather us in.
0: in. Please join us as we sing together, Lord, I lift your name on high and open up the heavens.
2: Lord, I I lift lift your name. Show us show us your glory show us show us your power show us show us your glory Lord show us show us your glory show us show us your, show us, show us your power show us Show us your glory, Lord. Show us your power. Show us, show us your glory, Lord. Lord, I lift
1: your name on high. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O God, our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Who are you? If you were to describe who you are, what would you say? Would you say something about what you do I'm a teacher, I'm a student, I'm an athlete, I'm a musician, an engineer, a farmer. Who are you? I'm a mom, I'm a dad, I'm a daughter, I'm a son. If I were to describe myself, what pops into my head first is I'm a middle-aged man pushing past middle age, I'm a husband, a father, a grandfather, a pastor, I'm a Christian. Now, I did not think of these in any particular order, like going from most important to least important. No, it just, this is how they popped into my head. Now, last year we had a sermon series on the movie Overcomer. There was a conversation that took place in the hospital between a patient, a a black man, Thomas, and the high school basketball coach, Coach John Harrison. They quickly develop a friendship. In their conversation, Thomas asked Coach Harrison, if I were to ask you, who are you, what's the first thing that pops into your mind? And Coach Harrison responds, I'm a basketball coach. Thomas responds, and if that was stripped away, well, I'm also a history teacher. And if you take that away from you, I'm a husband, I'm a father, Thomas adds, and God forbid that, that ever changes, but what if it does? Well, coach gets a little defensive. I don't understand this game. It's not a game, man. Who are you? Coach says, I'm a white American male. Thomas laughs and said, well, that's for sure. Is there anything else? Well, I'm a Christian. What's that mean? Follower of Jesus Christ. How important is that? Well, very important. Interesting. How come it's so far down the list? Well, I could have said Christian first, but you didn't. It's an interesting observation from Thomas. Do you identify with Coach Harrison? Who are you? In conversation with others, we have been conditioned that there are certain things that are okay to talk about, are okay to share about ourselves, Are our, what we do, about our families, where we live. Usually these are safe topics. When we peel the layers, we might get there to share that we are Christians, followers of Jesus, but that's pretty deep. We see that as being, well, very personal. And so I, I think that we have can have some th- Sympathy for Coach Harrison and not judge him too harshly for for not saying, I'm a Christian, right at first. But Thomas makes a good point. We can blame it on the culture. We can blame it on our conditioning. But for whatever reasons, what dominates our thinking about who we are, what dominates our, our thinking are the things we do our work, our relationships, our skills, our knowledge. We hope, we hope that our faith in Jesus is evident in all of it, but that's not necessarily the case, is it? If you're like me, you may be just a little too subtle about your faith. You may come across as a nice person most of the time, you hope but how's how's that different from everybody else have you heard the expression a man's man or a woman's woman what it means is ideal the ideal man the ideal woman well What about a Christian's Christian? What kind of person is the ideal Christian? Is it someone who identifies with a a particular church, maybe has been a member his whole life or her whole life, attends church regularly, has been an active member of Sunday school, has served in some position of leadership, as a regular volunteer, always ready to serve? Is the ideal Christian someone who can talk about his or her faith? Well, this is the situation that the Apostle Paul was in. When When we look at today's scripture, he was a Hebrew's Hebrew. He said in Philippians chapter 3, If anyone has a reason to be confident, it's me. Circumcised on the eighth day, a member of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Paul was recognized as the best of the best, the best that the religious community of that day could produce. The right training, the right background, he had the passion, he had the drive, he was flawless under the law. He just missed one thing. In his drive to rid the world of all dissension, He dismissed the one thing that matters most. What he dismissed was the character of God, that God is love revealed in Jesus. What he thought were the most important things, his nationality, his identification with a particular ethnic group and religious background, and also what he did, he concluded that all those things were nothing Nothing but garbage as compared to knowing Jesus and living for him. He said, Yet whatever gains I had, these I have come to regard as loss because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and I regard them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Jesus said this another way. He said, whoever tries to gain his life shall lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will gain it and find life, abundant, overflowing, the life we've been striving for that has been turned upside down by COVID, what we thought had so much value has been brought to a grinding halt. Maybe we can see it now, that all this striving is so far off course as compared to knowing Jesus Christ and being found in him. You know, it's not just working people that have had to wrestle with these questions about who am I? It's also retired people that have had to limit their people-to-people contact, who are trying to stay connected with family and friends over the phone or through a glass window My heart breaks for those who can't travel now to see their kids and grandkids, when that's what's kept them going. That's what's kept your heart filled with love and with life and given your life meaning. Paul says, everything pales in comparison to knowing Jesus Christ and being found in him. I wanna believe that this is true, that Jesus is enough that Jesus is everything I believe help my unbelief when Jesus is all you got Jesus is all you need what we can do is is trust and hold on that God knows your heart God knows how difficult it is to be cut off from family and friends. God in Jesus Christ stands in the gap to take our hurt and our loneliness upon himself. And it is God in Jesus Christ who will carry you through so that you can endure it. Paul has one last word in this passage for us today. He says, Not that I have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own because Jesus Christ has made me his own. This one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. Sometimes I wish we could get there, that we could get the Apostle Paul in the room right here where we are, and we could get him to explain what all this means. You know, Paul carries some painful memories standing over the lifeless body of Stephen, the first Christian martyr, Paul approved of Stephen's death by stoning and assisted those who carried it out. He arrested countless other Christians, tore them away from their families and their communities, and had them thrown into jail. We can understand why Paul would want to forget his past. Well, we've got our own shadows we've got our own share of past experiences lapses in judgment caving in to temptation there's there's plenty of sin and brokenness to go around plenty of sin that we don't want anyone to know anything about we share paul's desire to forget what lies behind especially those shadows How much of the past we hold on to is an important consideration. You know, the past, good and bad, have shaped us, have made us who we are. What we have to move into the future, what we have it in us, that still needs to be transformed. It's still all here, who I am, who you are is still here, good and bad, not gone, not forgotten, but redeemed through Jesus Christ. What scripture does not tell us, what scripture does not tell us to do is hold back. Holding back is not an option. Pressing on is the right path. This is where we are today. When we are overwhelmed with what's happening all around us in a pandemic in which we fear for ourselves and for our loved ones, and we struggle with what risks are okay to take and what practices we still need to keep in place to keep ourselves and those we love safe, We press on. When we see the mess our nation is in, all the divisiveness, all the fear, all the confusion about how our faith speaks to the issues of the day. What's right, what's wrong, what's true, what's not. And not wanting our faith to be used by anyone and not wanting to hide our heads in the sand, we press on. Straining forward to what lies ahead, we press on. We press on toward the goal of the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ. We press on to the heavenly call of God that is all love and mercy and justice and forgiveness. Till all is made right, we press on. Today is World Communion Sunday. And this space, this, this whole area where we are gathered is our altar, it's our communion table. Jesus brought together some messed up people to be his disciples the brash, the restless, the ambitious, the oblivious, the greedy, the sometimes bold, the oftentimes fearful. And Jesus is still bringing together messed up people today, people like us who thought we had it made who thought we were on the right track, who have these, these places of emptiness in our hearts and souls. And when we're honest with ourselves, we see that we still need a savior. We still need God who loves us. We still need God to come into our hearts to heal what's lost in us, what's hurting, what brings us shame and regret. Jesus invites us all to his table everyone belongs no one is left out it is here in broken bread and broken body it is here in cup and blood shed for us that we are forgiven of all of our sins we are made one with each other and one with people the world over To come like we do, who come to the table and find grace. We are united as one body across nations, across boundaries, across all that divides us. We are made one in Jesus. As we share in the bread and cup, not only do we find forgiveness, not only are we found, but we also Receive the sustenance we need to press on. Straining forward to what lies ahead, to the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus, we receive just what we need to press on. Amen.
0: Let us pray. We praise you, O oh Lord, for autumn, for the morning chill, trees turn gold and red, brown and orange, falling and blowing leaves, the crisp smell of a changing season in the joy of leaf pile jumping. We praise you for the security of returning home from the brisk cold of the outdoors to the warmth of our homes for the promise of cider and pumpkin spice, the blessing of blankets and sweaters. Above all, we praise you that as the seasons change, we are held in your unchanging arms, secure in your love that reaches from the heights of heaven to save us, endued with your power that gives us the strength to press on. We turn to you as we lift up George, who is recovering from another hip replacement. Oh Lord, we give you thanks for a successful surgery and pray that you will continue to watch over him and all those who have care of him. Surround him with a hedge of protection and grant to him ease of pain and freedom from infection. We pray in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus. We pray for Deward, his wife and family, and trust him into your tender care. We give you thanks for hospice nurses, for love that never ends, for the gift of your son, Jesus Christ, and the promise of eternal life. Grant to Deward and all who love him your strength for moments and days ahead, encouraged to face the future unafraid. We pray for all of our firefighters battling the flames in the West, ease their weariness, give them strength, protect them, watch over all in harm's way, and, Lord, bring relief to the parched earth and extinguish the flames by your mercy, we pray. We lift up to you all those who are struggling with the effects of the coronavirus, especially do we pray for our President and the First Lady. Pour out your healing power upon this nation In your world restore us we pray and turn our hearts to you we are reminded as the seasons change as the leaves begin to fall that this is another ending which opens the door to a new beginning and the wonder of another winter another spring another summer yet to come a hope not for a return to what was but for the new you are creating in and through us and so we pray in the name of Jesus who has made us new and taught us to pray saying our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us
2: come to the end of yourself do you thirst for
1: this blessing. You come to the altar, and in Christ we have been set free. As you go from here, allow the Holy Spirit to guide you, to strengthen you, and nourish you as a follower of Jesus. Allow his love to extend to everyone you meet as you press on. Amen.